Welcome back to another edition of the EDBC podcast. Eric Dobrath and Brian Coleman. And Brian, we're coming off probably uh, the worst sports weekend of the year, unless you're into the Daytona 500, the Genesis Invitational Golf Tournament. Uh, you know, NFL is over. We're making the transition yeah. to college basketball and to Major League Baseball. I think I heard today 37 days till opening day, so that's got a nice little ring to it. 37? But, yeah, that's what I heard on the fan this morning when I was out bouncing around, but that's mm-hmm. the uh, the idea. So how did you how did you get your sports Jones this weekend? I really didn't. I, uh, Kids were yeah, home you know, on the, Monday, uh, long weekend. Long weekend, yeah, you know. Uh, Busy, some stuff, some family stuff this weekend, but nothing crazy. Yeah, I mean, NBA All Star Weekend. You couldn't pay me to watch that. I used to like that when I was a kid. I don't, nobody, I couldn't even imagine sitting through it now. I don't know, man. A little golf, a lot of napping, a little house, house uh, duties, housework type stuff. So, yeah, well, man. I mean, that first weekend after the, you know, I mean, the Super Bowl is really like regular football Sundays, but it's still football. Um, that first post NFL Sunday hits you hard, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, you gotta you gotta reconnect with the family. I mean, I don't know what you sportscaster types do, but you you're you know you're you're always got a you know a good handle of what's going on locally, so that's that's easy for you. But for the rest of us schmucks, I mean, what are we supposed to do? You know, well, I'll give you. Here you go. Here's what I worked on Sunday. <laughs> yep. So, you know, like you said, there's always something local going on. So Sunday, I had. You know, listen, you know, it may not be your cup of tea, but the Yale men's lacrosse team who's won a national championship, who's consistently ranked in the top 10 in the country, sure. opened their season on Sunday. I had to rely on something called Flow TV to get my highlights because they were on the road in Villanova. Mm. And I'm not going to pay a subscription fee, so I had to finagle a way to get a couple of highlights for that. I went to the Quinnipiac men's basketball game on Sunday. They played at 2 o'clock. The MAC does nice. it. You know, we talk about these leagues all the time. The, the WNBA and some other leagues, they always make these missteps. You should put stuff on. Like the WNBA, like well, during the All-Star break, you know, they mm-hmm. should be playing their marquee games. You know, try to right. get a couple eyeballs. Downtime. So the MAC conference, which has Quinnipiac and Fairfield, play on Sundays. So that's not great during the, during the NFL season, obviously, but for a day like – this past Sunday, Smart. where it was a double overtime game, by the way. So I was thinking of you when I was looking at my watch at 4.30 and I'm still at the, you know, getting a soundbite with the head coach after a win and then hustling back to the TV station. But so those are the nice type hustle. of things you got to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do some college hoops on a Sunday. You got some Yale lacrosse. I'm trying to think what else I had going on. It was a big weekend. I had Yale and uh, Quinnipiac hockey on Friday night. Yeah. So we talked about that a little bit. Daytona 500, which, you know, the the Daytona 500 Brian ended in double overtime. What does I don't that even know, even I, mean? I don't even know what that means. I've never heard of a race ending in double overtime. I'm I'm not being a smartass. I don't know what that means. I know that it used to be on like it used to start because my dad used to watch it back in the noon. day. Used to start at noon. Start at noon and like I don't know now it's running to like six o'clock at night and like another one of those things that I hate because of, as we talked about I want sporting events to start earlier on a Sunday, but I don't even, yeah, double overtime. What is it? Does somebody hit a three point shot in the first overtime. When what? I've never heard of a race going double. Uh, again. And here's the, here's the worst part again. And someone, if you're a NASCAR fan, you can correct me, drop us a line. Brian will give you all. Sure. The uh, but you know, I, I enjoy watching it and I'll dip in and out of it. There was a couple of Connecticut guys out near the front, Joey okay. Logano, Ryan priest from Berlin, who got wiped out with about 18 laps to go. But you're the Daytona 500. That means 500 laps. They did 530 yeah. laps. Why? I don't know. And when your announcer says 
When the smoke clears, I believe Ricky Stenhouse Jr. will be the Daytona 500 champion because the race ended in caution. It's not what so you want. Just, no, they, that's, that's not, a not lame way to end. No. So basically, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was in the lead as they were on the final lap. Right. When the caution flag came up, they all put the brakes on. But you take away all the drive. It's like the, the Kentucky Derby or something. You're going to end it with, you know, 10 lengths to go because so-and-so is in the lead. It's just yeah. It's 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 a it's it sounds like it's anticlimactic. Sort of like throwing a holding, uh, throwing a holding penalty flag in at the end of the Super Bowl. Uh, anticlimactic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So weird. And I did watch a couple minutes of the NBA All Star Game on Sunday night. I was uh, I came home for a dinner break because I'd worked a long day, mm-hmm. and my son, who's a big Celtics fan, was mm-hmm. into it. So there's your. The 13-year-old is into watching the guys do basically a layup drill and a dunk contest during a game. But the idea that Jason Tatum is the record holder for most points in an all-star game at 50, oh. where they don't play any defense? Well, a couple things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was the 13-year-old that used to love to watch the NBA all-star game, too. But because when I was 13 and I loved basketball and I was a huge NBA fan, um, like that's how you saw the guys around the league yeah. before the days of mass, you know, 50 games each week on cable or streaming, or, you know, you can stream and get in, you know, get the season ticket or whatever they, I don't forget what they call it in the NBA. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of a big deal. And they kind of like, you could tell the players were into it. Like there was a little bit of like, they wanted to win. I mean, you know, but there's, you're right. It's a layup line. And when you, when one of the coaches, Michael Malone from the Denver Nuggets, who was coaching one of the teams, I don't remember Giannis or LeBron, I don't care. When he says it's, it's the worst basketball game he's ever seen. And he's more the coach, and he's the head coach of it. That's not a little rough. Great, not great, Bob. That's a little rough. No, and it's just, but I don't know how you fix it, man. The, the NFL is don't going play to play it. The NFL is going to two hand touch. I'll still watch the Major League Baseball as much as people don't care about that either. But at least they're throwing the ball 100 miles an hour, and then the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a baseball. So there is some yeah. skill involved. But I, I, I kind of like. I hate to say this, so I know you hate it because it made you go on late, like an hour late last month. But I. Kind of thought, okay, if you're gonna maybe go ahead and do this flag football thing with the NFL, it's goofy, but I'm not. I didn't hate and people it as much watched as I it. I would. People we said they it. would, yep. but the NBA thing, man. And I mean, yeah, I'd love to. It, it sounds great, but yeah, I mean, whew, I, I yeah. can't watch. I that's just not bad. It's not basketball. You're right. It's just guys, just it's just a layup line, and guys want to see who can like. I don't know. I don't even know what the what the what the goal is. And listen, this week is if you're the local sportscaster in uh, the Hartford, New Haven market, you got UConn women's basketball tonight. We'll focus our. I mean, we've been covering them all year, but mm-hmm. you got them tonight. You got the UConn men playing Providence tomorrow night, which is the t- it's a hot ticket. It's going to be Big sold game. out. Big game. I mean, two teams. UConn's eighteen and Providence is twenty in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be at that game tomorrow night. Uh, you know, you got winter sports. Uh, postseason and high school starting this week. Starting so you've up, got sure. all the different winter sports, basketball, hockey, all starting their postseason tournaments. So that'll be fun. I mean, even you got some local baseball starting up too soon, right? Like even some college baseball. Yeah, UConn opened the season on Friday. Uh, they're down in, uh, I think they're in Florida. There's other teams down in South Carolina. So listen, there's always something to do. But if there if is. you're a diehard fan of the major league sports right now, it's a little tricky. A little tricky. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, you know, we are not too far away from baseball. And, yep. you know, getting a little spring training reports is nice because it's a little tease as to what's ahead. And if you are a college hoops fan, it's been a weird year for men's college hoops with a lot of the Blue Bloods having just bizarre, anywhere from just uh, underperforming to just bizarre years. 
but March Madness is still March Madness. Am I allowed to say March Madness? Is it? Yeah. But, you know, the tournament is still a tournament and still a lot of fun. And listen, there could be. I heard Steve Lapis on the other day, the former Villanova coach, and now is an analyst, I think, for CBS Sports, say he would guess anywhere between ten and fifteen teams are capable of winning a national championship this year. So, yeah, I have no idea. Sounds no right to me. No, no dominant team. Uh, listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Brian, we got a lot of baseball stuff to talk about. There's been some different ideas. And I actually want to talk about uh, Tim McCarver. You're a Met fan, so you grew yep. up listening to Tim McCarver, who passed away at 81. Just another on the long list of, seems like, celebrities, athletes who have passed away in the last couple of months. It's tricky. Yeah, rough. But we'll talk about that. Uh, realignment proposals in baseball, which I actually like. Uh, if you're gonna get if you're gonna get rid of the DH, you might as well just change everything. Why not? Let's go. You know, I'm I'm glad I'm interested. I was interested. I'm interested to hear you say that because I like some of it too. So, all right, we'll talk about all that when we come back. All right, well let's let's re- let's remember that you know we got to shop right, and when you remember, it's time to go shopping. Don't forget about the advantage of the Instacart Plus program for nine ninety nine a month dollars a for nine ninety nine a month or ninety nine bucks a year. Family memberships, uh, I mean, they could pay for themselves. Family accounts and family carts. Instacart Plus members can share all their benefits with another family member for free, and households can add items to a shared cart to shop together. Plus, you get free delivery and orders over 35 bucks and 5% credit back on eligible pickup orders, reduced service fees, and extra perks from top brands like mileage bonus points from Delta with every dollar spent. And exclusive benefits for Chase card members. Say, listen, you got to shop. Why not not shop from home? Things are busy. We're getting crazy. Uh, So remember this week or next week or any week, if you need to shop, shop from home and stay with Instacart. All right. So I mentioned it briefly. uh, Tim McCarver, 81 years old, longtime broadcaster. I think he holds the record for the most Super Bowls, uh, excuse me, for World Series. World Series. I think he did 23 of them. Yeah. 23 as an analyst. Uh, Played in four decades. I didn't realize that. Yeah. 1959, he came up and, Mm -hmm. you know, was a great catcher for, I mean, here's a guy who caught um, Bob Gibson and then went to the Phillies and was the personal catcher for Steve Carlton. I mean, two of the most dominant pitchers in, in the history of the game. Uh, I got a big kick out of listening to Joe Buck and uh, last week, Chris Russo, who we love Mad Dog Radio had Joe Buck on. He had on Sean McDonough on, yeah, had a lot of people talking about McCarver. And you know, it's funny, people used to pick on him, Brian, because I, I don't know if it was his laugh or his kind of maybe folksy style sometimes that drove people nuts, but I loved McCarver. He was a Met broadcaster for a long time, then he went over long to time. the Yankees afterwards. Mm-hmm. The thing about him is he he taught you about baseball, man. I mean, that's all you want from an analyst. He taught you the game, and he had one of the great uh, calls. I mean, everyone gave Tony Romo credit uh, for some of the things he would say when he first started. But, you know, in the 2001 World Series, he basically said, the Yankees are playing the infield in. Mariano Rivera throws a yep. cutter. This could be trouble. And no, the game was. ended on the next pitch. So Game, game seven, yeah. Uh, walk-off hit, as they say. Yeah, I think the thing with McCarver was that I, I think at times, you know, he talked, he could be sort of – he could dominate the broadcast at times, which I think uh, could, you know, some people are like, there's the just shut up and let the game breathe. And he did do a lot of that um, where he could over talk sometimes. But I think you're right. He was one of those guys. He, you mentioned 23 World Series. Um, so he, you know, sort of worked seamlessly with whomever his broadcast partner was, uh, whether yeah, it was network. Jack. Yeah, yeah Jack. Yeah, yeah, networked. I mean, you know, Jack Buck to you mentioned Sean McDonough, and then you know Jack Buck's son Joe Buck. And he he was just sort of seamless in that, and he became the voice of baseball for a lot of people because he wasn't just a regional guy. People who were maybe just you know just 
knew him maybe just from his World Series broadcasts. Uh, when you do 23 of them, kind of like a Billy Packer, like you sort of just be you're just associated with your sport's biggest event, like Billy Packer was for years with the Final Four. Yeah, so I was, you know, it was sudden. I don't think anybody knew. I don't know if he had been ill, but it was it's just sort of sudden uh, seeing him pass last week at 81. Yeah, the uh, it was funny that I forgot about this, but the whole Deion Sanders story, if you're not right. familiar with it, during the uh, and Sean McDonough made a great point about this, uh, which he actually made two points, which you know, you just the Tim McCarver criticized Deion Sanders for trying to have his cake and eat it too, play an NFL game on a Sunday afternoon and then fly to Atlanta from Miami, I think it was, to play in a World Series game. Yep. And McDonough uh, McCarver criticized Dion for you know, for doing that, thinking, hey, it's the World Series, you should skip the NFL game. And the thing that McDonough said was everyone was lauding Dion for having the ability and the prowess to do that. But Dion wasn't available for that World Series game that night because he got too beat up in the football game. And it was a very underreported aspect of that story to the point where McDonough was asked to be in the 30 for 30 about Dion to talk about that. Wow. And when he was on the phone with the producer, the producer said, you know, we're doing this 30 for 30 about Dion. And, you know, you were the broadcaster when he was in the World Series and playing in the NFL game. And, you know, we want to have you on and you could just talk about how amazing that was and how Dion, you know, played in both. And McDonough said, well, I hate to kill your narrative here, buddy, but we talked to the manager before the game. And he said, Dion wasn't available. He was too sore from the football game. And they're like, and the producer like, what? And then an executive producer called him back the next day and said, you know, we want to have you on, but you know, basically why won't you play ball? And McDonough said, because the story's not right. You know, kill the narrative. That, that That's, I like hearing that because I don't like, you know, don't 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 create a story where there wasn't one. And he, you know, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. As they say. Yeah, I mean, we're we're getting off. The, I don't want to talk about Dion. We're talking about Tim McCarver. Dion's, yeah. you know, what, what Dion then did is in the post game celebration, the 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 Braves with a three run ninth inning against the Pirates, mm-hmm. with one of the great comebacks in a game seven. You're going to the World Series that and in the post game locker room. Deion Sanders is throwing water onto Tim McCarver. You know, they're spraying champagne bottles. Yeah. And Deion goes and douses Tim McCarver a couple times. And Dion on the air says, you're a real man, Dion." Yeah. And McDonough's point was, you just won one of the greatest games in the history of this game. And in the locker room, the first thing you're thinking about is getting even with Tim McCarver. Yeah, of course, because he's, uh, you know, self-absorbed. And then the other thing is, they said they basically had to lock McCarver in the production truck because he wanted to go back into the locker room and kill Deion Sanders. That would have been great. They should have let him said, out. They said McCarver was in his early, you know, 50 years old at the time. Yeah. Donna said it, it would not have been a fair fight. Yeah. And if you watch Dion play football, he didn't like to tackle a lot. So uh, he made a lot of business decisions. Yes. Yeah. McCarver played again. You know, yeah. I mean, Tar- McCarver's a tough guy. He McCarver was, got play, recruited to play football at Alabama. Yeah. He was, a, I mean, the catcher is a tough 20 years. Pis- Tough position to be a catcher for twenty years. So yeah, uh, yeah, we sort of get you get sort of don't lose the fact that he was a tremendous player with both the the yeah the Cardinals and later with the Phillies, sort of like following Steve Carlton around. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean a baseball Hall of Famer gone too soon. Uh, someone who appreciated the game and understood the game. Um, just uh, sad to see him go. 
And I'd love to hear his thoughts about some of this realignment stuff they're talking about. I I, I saw it on the web last week or whenever it was. I know you saw it too. I don't yeah. know how much uh, momentum or if it's just ideas that some baseball guys throwing around. Maybe you can educate me about that. But yeah, uh, go ahead. They got rid of the DH, so both leagues will no longer have a DH. It's just going to be the uh, we'll have a DH. Excuse we'll me, we'll have a DH. Yep. So they're well, thinking, well, what's the point of having two different leagues if you're going to have the same rules? So let's realign and put teams all in different divisions. No more, just have one league. Yeah, well, this is, you know, this is, again, this isn't something that's official. This is something, the one I I, I, ripped, I ripped off here was uh, something that Jim Bowden, the ex-national uh, general manager, put in The Athletic about two weeks ago, but it intrigued me. It was one of these realignment proposals that I think you could at least have a little nice, little fun argument with. And you're right. I mean, this year we're going with, an, with a balanced schedule, so every team in baseball is going to play every other team in baseball. I hate that. Um, I love the unbalanced schedule, even in a tough division, but it is what it is. And you're right. It's becoming more homogenized when the DH was the big domino to fall and others will fall. So let's get into this. Let's we'll just sort of go through this, you know, quickly. And you tell me your thoughts. So this would basically yeah. be like, like, let's, let's use it as like the NBA or the NHL. You have an Eastern conference and you have a Western conference. And you have divisions. Now the one what we now under this proposed realignment, Again, you're you're meshing you're you're putting in National League teams and American League teams in the same division, and they're not they're just in the just one league now. Yeah, Major League Baseball. This would be the Eastern Division on this proposal by Bowden. It would be the Red Sox, the Mets, the Yankees, and the Phillies. I like your it. thoughts on that. Uh, listen, you know I'm a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've I've come off that a little bit because we almost have to. Yeah. Uh, so much has changed, but you know, here's the thing, like, and again, I just want to preface this by saying this first, homogenized, you said parody, right? All leagues want parody. They want every team to have a chance. So you're building these things, you're thick, come up with these ideas, but there's no parody in major league baseball until they figure out a way to get these bottom teams like Kansas city and Oakland and whoever else to give a a chance, Pittsburgh. They don't have a chance to win, and we haven't played a game yet this year. Until they fix that problem, all these ideas are nice. But listen, here's a perfect example. The Kansas City Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. The Kansas City Royals are basically already eliminated from the playoffs in baseball, and they haven't played a game. Here's my thing on that, and I used to think this too. Like, just Some teams can't spend the way others can spend. But I, I'm I'm sorry. I've seen too much of that. I, I don't, you know, in this day and age, if you own a major league baseball team, you have to, if you can't spend, sell the damn team for $2 billion. Okay. That's the whole, uh, well, the, 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 the example we're using lately has been the Padres. San Diego is not a huge market. It's not LA. It's not Chicago. It's not New York. They're spending a ton. Okay. Cincinnati doesn't want to spend. They've said it. Pittsburgh doesn't want to spend. Oakland's dismantled its major league roster. I don't want to hear any more about, you know the under. If you can't spend, sell the team or move the team. I'm t- well, you got to because you're not going to you're not going to get contract. a salary cap. You're not going to get them. You know they're not going to set. It's not going to happen. They're not going to have like set a minimum payroll. They're not going to set a floor. They're not going to set a ceiling. It's just it's not going to happen. Yeah. So I don't know what the answer is. I mean, you know, like I use San Diego, but Cincinnati had a good team a couple of years ago. Oakland had a team that was making the playoffs like two or three years in a row. Now they're not competing, so I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, well, the the problem is too they're going to expand. They're going to add another team. They right? are, and that part of this realignment is 
adding two teams. So yeah, that's that's another part. So you're going to water down the product even more than it already is. So again, yeah. that's a whole other topic for another day. But my point is, I got off the beaten path. But the idea is to do these, do these to realign to make the competition better to make it more geographical and mm-hmm. i love the idea of that division that would be a heck of a division now what, this, why would you have toronto in that division that then well, okay here's the thing if you're going you know, this proposal ba- is based again sort of similar to the nfl is that you're gonna have 32 teams now you're gonna have an expansion team in charlotte okay whatever an expansion team in nashville and i don't want to get into i don't want to get into the, like well you should have gone to montreal instead, like, or whatever yeah. one guy's idea one executive's idea let's just sort of play with this for now so you're going to have four teams max and that does rear its ugly head a little bit and we'll go over this quickly in a bit though but i do love that division because let's read that again the red sox mets yankees and phillies in the same division those are four teams that would look that if they don't already would quickly legitimately all despise each other. Those yep. would be brutal rival. Those would be brutal rivalry games. Like and I mean, beat each other up all year. Oh my goodness! Even Yankees, Phillies. You know, I mean, you've already got a New York Philly thing going on here. Boston. I mean, that would be if you're going to do it. And I prefer what we have right now because I'm more of a traditionalist like you. But if you're going to do it, that would be a phenomenal division, and the TV networks would love that division. Well, the regional networks would love it. Well, I of course because those are all you know those are yes and yes and SNY be printing even more money and even more give them even more uh, of an oh absolutely and, you know we've seen some of these regional sports networks that are having trouble staying in business that would not be the case for these for these sports networks these local sports networks now we love that division but let's fly through a couple others because some of them like maybe these aren't as exciting are you excited about a North division with the Indian I'm sorry the Guardians, uh, the Cincinnati Reds, the Tigers, and Toronto. No, and neither is Toronto. No, you're right. And then a Mid-Atlantic division with Baltimore, Washington, a Charlotte expansion team, and then Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh sort of seems like it's doesn't really belong there. Yeah, that's the thing. You got to uh, Pittsburgh's. You want to have who would Pittsburgh's natural right? Pittsburgh's going to want to play Philly. Yeah, they're going to play Philly. Hell. I mean, I, I mean, think you have an unbalanced schedule, so you're going to play all those teams anyway. But it's the divisions. Yeah, least, it just yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of still weird that it's, it's been thirty or a balanced years. Schedule, excuse me. Balanced it's been thirty years since they left and went to the NL Central. I still weird that Pittsburgh's not in the National League East, but or Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta would be. They have a Southern division with Atlanta, and these are not baseball hotbeds. So think about this division. This is if sparks are going to fly. Atlanta, Miami, Tampa Bay, and Nashville. Oof. And then and you get another mid, a Midwest one that's pretty good. I like what he did here at the Midwest. He put, gives you the Cubs, the White Sox, the Brewers, and the Twins. That's not bad because you got Cubs, White Sox. Yeah. And then Southwest, Houston, Kansas City, St. Louis, Texas. Ugh. I mean, Houston and St. Louis are really baseball cities. Kansas City and Texas mm, feels like two heavyweights and two also-rans. And then my one thing that I think I don't like what he did here, because you can't do this. I mean, history is history. You have a Pacific division with Colorado, Oakland, Seattle, and San Francisco. In a West division, so a separate division with Arizona, Dodgers, the LA Angels, and the San Diego Padres. You can't yeah. you can't separate. I mean, they've had a rivalry that goes back more than 100 years going back to Ebbets Field and, and the Polo Grounds. You can't separate the Giants and Dodgers. That'll, yeah, that'll that'll never you happen. You can't that. do that. You got you want to swap swap out Arizona and let them play in that crappy division with the Oaklands and the Colorado Rockies of the world. You got to keep the Giants and Dodgers together. Yeah, when you're putting together these lists, you have to have a clue about 
the rivalry is you know it's like taking the Yankees and Red Sox and putting them absolutely because the again the, jo- the division. This would basically be like almost what the NL West is now, except you throw in the Angels. You get you, I would I would have the Giants, Dodgers, Angels, and Padres. That's actually a fun little division. But in a in a in a nutshell, that's one proposal that made the rounds uh, via the Athletic and then caught some attention on social media a couple of weeks ago. And it's interesting. And we're still baseball fans, Eric. Maybe we're a dying breed. Although I know your son's really into it. So yeah. let's see what happens in the next couple of years. Yeah, listen, it's going to I think the next couple of years baseball is going to look a little different. There could be robotic umpires. There, there could so, be lots. So. Well, we got I a mean, pitch clock already coming. We've seen that in the minor leagues. It's Have you know. seen the new bases, the pizza boxes they're referring oh, to? Oh my goodness, the size of a, t- of a of a truck tire. And here's a I don't know if he's caught this on social but the uh one of the reporters for the Athletic was talking about how the Yankee pitchers are doing their fielding drills and a bunch of them were slipping cuz the the top of the traditional base had a bit of a crown on top of it. Yep, so there's a, yep, yep. The new bases do not. They kind of sink in the middle a little bit. And the pitchers were saying when they're running to cover first, they're guarantee you that someone's going to turn an ankle because oh you, know, you got those metal spikes. And they said there's no crown on the base. It's kind of yes, exactly. This is what we I'm talk about. My head Brian. in my hand, and you can't see my head is in my hands right now. Yeah, like, this is exactly the things we talk about. You have these. It happens in the corporate world all the time. When bosses make decisions without talking to the people who play or oh. do work, and th- they were saying that Garrett Cole mentioned it yesterday, like Garrett Cole or not, but he made a great point. He said, "I'm going to run the cover first. My cleat's going to slide right off the top of this base, and I'm going to roll an ankle or, God forbid, break my leg." And Garrett Cole's not one, not the, not the type of complaint. Um, no. Uh, I mean, imagine Jacob yeah, DeGrom, Jacob oh, DeGrom another way for Jacob DeGrom to get hurt. You know what I mean? Jeez, I mean, you're, I mean. Baseball players are delicate flowers. I shouldn't say that, but I mean, they get hurt a lot anyway on weird things that you wouldn't think they'd get hurt on. So, and now we're doing some bait and some new bases that maybe common sense was common sense left behind when they made these things. I I did not know that. So now I have something else to watch to look for. So how did you know you're a guy who replies to uh, probably about 35,000 people a day on Twitter. You reply. That's not true. All right, 20,000. 25. Okay, that's fine. You go with it. Go and with you did the fact you didn't see this, I'm surprised. I'm sure. I'm surprised too, but now I've learned something. So now we can, we can monitor this throughout the year, see how many uh, turned ankles or, God forbid, a snapped Achilles, see what happens. This is good job, baseball. Once again, it looks like you've done the right thing with a lot of research and thought that thought this thing out. Why do we have to go to bigger bases to begin with? I forgot. Uh, originally, I thought it was safety. That was the talk in the minor leagues because they wanted to give the runner at first base more of a uh, an area to hit the bag. Uh, but then I also heard they want to try to get stealing back into the game because if you're going to add three inches on each base or whatever it is, think of all those bang-bang plays when a, when a runner's thrown out. They're now saying that maybe managers will be – they're trying to get the game – the speed back into the game. I mean, I don't think you're gonna have the Ricky Henderson or Vince Coleman records broken. Probably not. Through, because... But that's what they're trying to do. And again, no shift this year, which I don't know if you just mentioned that. That's another thing. No, that we it, did not mention that. Uh, I, I'm actually, I was torn about that, but then part of me is like, you know what? I, I, being a traditionalist, I think the shift has gotten a little too out of control. And I do like the it idea. Has. Playing a shift in the infield, putting three guys on one side, I don't mind. But when you have a guy in short right field, that's it's kind of violating the spirit of the rules, if you ask me. Play it the right way. Yeah, and I used I I sort of come, have come around to that way of thinking too. I was the guy who used to say, okay, or if they're shifting that if they're shifting that way, then just you know hit the ball 
you know, the open space, but it's it's not going to happen. So. They will not. They, yeah, re- hitters refuse to go the other way. Hitters Re- are not going to. God forbid you bought, might look might look might might not. But look listen, cool. with all that being said, I am excited for the baseball season. It's it's if you're a baseball fan, baseball is every day, and there's every day you get a look. Yeah, it's it's your companion for the spring and the summer. Yep. Along with the actual humans that you interact with on yes. a daily basis. Yes. But it's every day. Every, every day you wake day. up talking about your team, looking mm-hmm. to go into the social media site, make sure one of your guys aren't hurt, make sure no one got in trouble overnight. It's I'm not a fantasy baseball player. That's too, too much, I. but yeah. it's every day and there's something to be said about that. So yeah. We'll see. 37 days, Brian. 37. All right, we gotta take a time. We already mentioned Tim McCarver passed away. There was a couple other um yeah. Celebrity deaths and one close to home. Actually, we'll talk about that. And yeah, absolutely. Brian's got some birthdays to go through as well. So all that and more on the I, podcast. I do, and I remind you folks that if you want to drop us a line or something, it's real easy. Uh, just email us at the ed at, ED, at the edbc podcast email, which is edbc podcast at gmail.com. You know, let us know what you think. You love the birthday game. You got an idea. We'd love to hear feedback. So edbcpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Now, moving on. All is well. We talk about them every week because they believe in the power of a good night's sleep. It's been the guiding principle since launch. All is well delivers products that feature innovative technology that offer comfort and support without deflating your wallet. The also features hybrid mattress technology with the best of both worlds, memory foam and individually wrapped coils. It creates a winning blend of comfort and support, and the goal was to create that affordable mattress. The result is the Allswell Queen mattress, which is still starting at $345. Allswell Queen size mattress starts at $345. When you go to allswellhome.com, you can also get free shipping, a 10-year limited warranty, and a 100-night risk-free trial. Here's another way to save. Go to any one of our podcast episodes. Click this week's or any of ours. They're all terrific. Click on the link and you'll see a, you will see a link for allswellhome.com. If you click on that link and start shopping through that link, you're going to get 15% off your total order on your first order and shipment. So sleep well and save well with Allswell. Uh, we mentioned Tim McCarver passed away. Uh, Raquel Welch also passed away. Uh, yeah. You know, was kind of the pinup actress of back of the generation 60s and 70s. Yeah, people. You know, uh, but also I want to mention Richard Belzer, who I I don't know if I knew this, Brian, but was born in Bridgeport, Connecticut. I did not uh, know that either. I didn't know it until yeah. I saw it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, who another thing I I saw just reading some of the obits. A um, couple interesting things. One sports related was that I did not realize that he had sued Hulk Hogan. Oh, I knew that. I I remember when it happened. Hulk Hogan put him in a sleeper hold and hurt him. Yeah, sued him for like five million dollars and ended up settling out of court for like four hundred grand. And he went and bought a vacation home in France with that money, and that's where he actually passed away this weekend. Yeah, that was his home, uh, or at least one of his homes. Yeah, that happened back in like that was. If you're old enough to remember wrestling fans, and that was the the Hulk Hogan and Mr. T had this whole promotional thing um, before the first WrestleMania back in 1985. They actually hosted Saturday Night Live like the night before WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania. And they go on Belzer's like cable show at the time, and then you put him in like a sleeper hold for real. Yep. Falls, hits his head, sues Hulk Hogan. That was that was kind of wild, but and, yeah, and I mean, stand-up comedian. I remember sort of first seeing him uh, in the movie Night Shift with Ron Howard, uh, who was directed by Ron Howard with Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton, which is a great early '80s comedy. And then he was a, he was a he was a good uh, like a, a frequent like, he was a great talk show guest. I thought with like yep. he would be on, he was a a regular on Howard Stern show back in the day. 
Yeah. Howard actually did a little obituary on him yesterday. I was talking about him. Um, he mentioned the Hulk Hogan story. What else did he mention? That he was actually doing an appearance on Stern. And the creator of that whole the show he was on, SVU, special. He was on, yeah. Law and Order, heard him talking mm-hmm. when he was on the oh, show. Oh, yeah. Yep. And said, that's Detective John Munch. That's the guy. That's the voice in my head. I've read that before. And yeah, that's actually interesting. That was actually, uh, it was actually Barry Levinson, who, yeah, big movie director back in the day, but who helped create the show Homicide uh, back in the early 90s, which is a really good cop show that ended up being sort of, didn't, never really got the the view, the the ratings it it needed to survive. But it was a really good show. Barry Levinson helped develop it. Um, It was based on a true book by David Simon. but who spent a year in the Baltimore homicide unit. And actually they said, I'm going to make a show based on some of these guys. And his character was based off a real detective in Baltimore. And yeah, Levinson heard him said, that's John Munch. And he played that character on homicide. Then on the law and order SVU, uh, that's a franchise show for several years and like made little guest appearances on several other shows as that character. So he made a whole career out of this, you know that's that's a great point. Out of that that one stern appearance, one of many, he created this whole character that touched like ten different shows. And just his personal life, real quick. He uh, he started out his career as a journalist. Yeah, he worked the for the Bridgeport Post, which is now the Connecticut Post. Right. But man, you want to talk about some tragedy? I'm just not to bring things down, but man, what a life! His mother died of can- breast cancer, yep. and his father was so distraught over his the wife dying that he tried committing yeah. suicide. In 1967, Belzer found him, saved his life, but a year later, his dad succeeded yeah. in committing suicide. And then uh-huh. his brother, who produced a comedy show, also died by suicide when he jumped off the roof roof of an apartment building on the Upper West Side in 2014. It's just it's it's crazy. And and his brother had committed suicide after his wife died. I mean, it's just oh that's, man, it's unbelievable. That's a lot of tragedy for one person. But uh, who was the com- I, I'm, the Hollywood Reporter had a great headline. I'm looking at it right, right now. Richard Belzer, extraordinarily smart ass as a comic and a TV cop, dies at 78. Um, who was it? His friend uh, Bill Sheft, who was a writer, um, yeah. Letterman, mm-hmm. said that quote he had a lot of health issues, and his last words were quote F U M F R. Those were his that, last words. Yeah, I think my oh. grandmother's same as my grandmother's last words. <laughs> oh no, not really, not really, not really <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, an interesting guy, you know, and I was, I was, it was one of those ones kind of like McCarver, like you, you didn't know if he, if he had health problems and just all of a sudden you see he passed away. Like it's, you're right, man. It's happened a lot lately. Well, we got some, some lives we want to celebrate in the final four minutes of this podcast, yes. Brian, uh, one, two, three, four of them. So I'll let you take it away. Uh, first one, I will tell you, John Travolta who had a Super Bowl commercial sporting that bald haircut is looking pretty good. So how old is John Travolta these days, Brian? Well, you tell me, yeah, my wife and daughters just watched, well, my wife's seen it before. I've never seen it, but like a week ago, my wife and daughters watched Grease. My daughter you saw it for the first time. Shut up. And they've, uh, one kid said it was okay. One kid loved it. So I've avoided Greece since 1970. I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was a while ago. So it, with that knowledge in hand, is John Travolta 65, 69, or way up there at 74? I'm going to say 69. Nice. Is he? All right. You're off to a good start. All right. Go ahead. Who's uh, Kelsey Grammer, Frazier yeah. Crane on Cheers. 
Yep. And uh, spun off to a whole other sh- long-running show called Frasier, which I never watched, even though I love Cheers. Me neither. Uh, good for you. Um, yeah. But he's got a birthday, too. So I'm going to be let, – let's let's just do the same thing. Is he 65, 69, or 74? Yeah, I, I want to say 69 again because I feel like we if we would have heard the word – 70 is a big birthday, so I feel mm-hmm. like heard that. So I'm going to say 69. See, I couldn't trick you there. I thought maybe I'd trip you up, but I didn't. You got it right there. Back yeah. to back. There you go. Back I just I knew he was nice. older, but I, I figured we would have heard if he was 70. So right. you, see, you know what? You're, th- you're using logic there, and I like it. All Great. right. All right. Uh, back in the day, this time of year, it used to be that this time of year would be a big deal because around February, right after the Super Bowl, cold month of February, you'd be running. If you were Sports Illustrators, Sports Illustrated subscriber, you'd run out of the mailbox and you'd find yourself the annual swimsuit issue. And mm. this lady was on the cover many times. And featured in it, I'm talking about Cindy Crawford. This is going to be a tricky one here. Oh, yeah. And to make you feel old, is she 52, 54, or 57? 57. Bang, man. Woo. All right, you're three out of three. All right, last one left. Two minutes to go. Come on. Let's let's play the audio. This is for a trip to the Super Bowl. (laughs) I'm sorry, we don't have audio. Okay, but this one from the world of sports. This guy made some attention, got some attention over All-Star Weekend because apparently he got bored in Salt Lake City. Says there's not a lot to do in Salt Lake City when the the All-Star game was held. I'm talking about Charles Barkley, and this one will make you feel old, but how old? Is uh, Is Sir Charles 57, 60, or 62? I'm going to say 62. You just missed it. it. 60. Yeah, I was trying to do the math in my head real quick from, you know, he was in early 80s, played on the Olympic team in 84. Drafted in 84. So was he 22? Was he 20? Uh, uh, We were rooting for you, Eric. You almost had to, you know. Ah, all right. Well, no, there's always next week, Brian. There's always next week. All right, so we uh, have to do. Yeah, next week we got we got a minute and a half in this podcast. What are we doing next week on the podcast, Brian? Uh, next week we're going to talk to uh, uh, Christopher Rice from the Boston Globe, sports writer from the Globe, who wrote a book chronicling the history, the life, not the life of times, the history of uh, the Hartford Whalers. So if you're a Whaler fan from in Connecticut, where you can still find plenty of Whaler gear, uh, you'll want to listen to next week's podcast. And I'll uh, just say, a, I'll end it's it a really cool you. book, and you're going to have a lot of like, oh, I remember if you were a Whalers fan from back in the day. You know, when pro hockey was alive and well in Connecticut, you know, NHL hockey, you're going to have a lot of like, oh, I remember that guy moments. In the final 30 seconds, they're not coming back. That's all. No, they are. They are in Wisconsin, Carolina, Carolina Hurricanes. All right. We'll look forward to that podcast next week. Can't wait. Uh, Doing the research as we speak. All right. That'll do for this edition of the EDBC podcast. I'm Eric. He's Brian. Till next time, Brian. Say goodbye. See ya.